Today, I wanted to let you know about an upcoming free masterclass to heal anxiety. Now, this is especially for those of you who have tried many other programs or interventions and you feel like there's just something missing, like these treatments or therapies just keep missing the mark. Or for those of you who've been told that you just need to manage your anxiety and you know that this is utter BS because no one wants to just manage with disruptive anxiety forever. So this masterclass is sharing inside secrets of what it means to truly heal anxiety by understanding the three parts of anxiety and how these are causing problems. The link is in the show notes to register for free. See you there. Welcome back to the Ease Anxiety Podcast. A few weeks ago, I had the privilege of offering a three-day challenge inside my free Facebook support group. We did an anxiety reset challenge and it was such a hit that I thought, why not offer this to everybody? So I've decided to repurpose that entire challenge and create a few podcast episodes that can take you through the process of completely resetting your anxiety. So this is part one that you're receiving today, but keep an eye out in the next few weeks for part two, three, and four, which is going to take you through the entire journey of resetting your anxiety so that you can get your confidence and your freedom back. Let's get started. And if you wanted to join that Facebook group, the link is just below this episode. Have you ever wondered why anxiety just won't budge? Like, what is it doing here anyway? Welcome to the Ease Anxiety Podcast. I'm Deanta Fuchs, a psychologist turned international anxiety coach, and I'm on a mission to share a new perspective on anxiety that puts you firmly back in control of your life so that anxiety no longer interrupts you. So grab your cuppa, get comfy, and listen in as we demystify, destigmatize, and deconstruct what you think you know about anxiety so that you can finally do what you have struggled with for so long. Ease anxiety for good. Hi, and welcome to our anxiety reset. We are going to be looking at exactly what it is that is creating your anxiety to be stuck. And then we're going to give you the complete recipe to reset anxiety completely. For those of you who are struggling with anxiety that is interrupting you and stealing your moments, this is designed to show you how very ordinary people are getting back control and getting back their confidence over anxiety and how you can do that too. Now, those people that I've worked with that have managed to get their confidence and their control back have not done it with medications. Because let's face it, although in some cases, and I'm going to um, really emphasize the word some, medication can be helpful. How many people do you really know that have gone on medication for anxiety? It has allowed them to just be anxiety free. Then they've come off the medication and they've stayed that way and things have just been fine. How many people do you know that have had a remarkable confidence change and turnaround from medication? I don't know very many, right? The vast majority of people that I work with take meds, they have a small amount of improvement just in mood because of the serotonin boost, but the anxiety still stays. So they're not really gaining back their control and confidence with the use of medication, right? And it's not necessarily therapy either, which is strange for a psychologist to be saying because, you know, I do therapy with my clients, but let's face it, first of all, Therapy is really good at identifying what's going on in your life that may not be serving you 
and it's really helpful in identifying blocking beliefs and helping you to get the resources that you need to make the changes that you need to make in your life. But that's not always what anxiety is about, right? And very few therapists or counselors actually have enormous expertise in working with anxiety per se. The other thing is that therapy can be very expensive and it can be time consuming. So either you don't have the money to pay for therapy or you land up on very long wait lists. Now, the last thing that their confidence and control is not from breathing techniques and meditation. Again, it is very, very helpful for sure, but most people that are very stuck with anxiety actually feel more anxious when they're trying to use breath work or meditation. So while these strategies, medication, therapy, meditation, breath work, all these things that we can try and throw at our anxiety have got merit in some ways, it's not the thing that shifts things completely, right? So what is it then? The thing that gives us back our confidence is the way that we respond to that anxiety. That's it. It's as simple as that. It's as simple and as complex as that. So let me explain, right? You would agree that everybody on the planet experiences anxiety to some extent. Everybody. From the day that we're born, it is the most natural, normal experience that we can have. But here's the thing. Confident, doing well people aren't sitting there worrying about when they're going to get anxious again. And when their anxiety comes up, which we can agree is inevitable because it's a normal, natural, emotional response, they don't sit there worrying about what it's doing to them. They don't respond to their anxious moments with fear and overwhelm and concern and feeling like they're not going to cope. When they feel anxiety, they respond to that feeling with confidence. They respond to that feeling with acceptance, knowing it's fine that they feel this way. They're just going to get on with it. So that's where we want you to be. Now, I've been a practicing psychologist for over a decade. It has not always been this way in terms of how I work with my clients. In fact, right in the beginning of my therapy, I used to do what most counselors do, saying what's happening in your life right now that's causing this problem and how can we help you to overcome that problem right now? And that worked well for about a quarter of my clients. A quarter of my anxiety suffering clients would have some benefit from that form of therapy, CBT and talk therapy. But three quarters of the people that I was working with were still staying stuck. So at that time, I ended up referring my clients out because I didn't feel like I had the expertise to help them. It, it didn't sit well with me that three quarters of the people that I was working with that had anxiety were not getting better. Okay. So I couldn't figure it out. I could not figure out what it was that would work, what was not working, and why people were staying stuck. And then in 2014, and for those of you who've heard the story, bear with me. In 2014, my husband landed up getting stuck with anxiety. But let me tell you the story of how that happened. Because I think many of you will resonate with this, right? He was running his own business. He was a plumber. And he had a contractor at a building site come up to him and question some of the plumbing that he had done. And in that moment of that questioning, he had this enormous pain happen in his chest and suddenly couldn't breathe. Now, in that moment, he didn't stop and go, oh my gosh, I'm so anxious. He was like, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with my lungs. And then he started to have this fear that there was a health condition that had been brewing in his lungs and that he was now having the effects of that. Now, this issue with this work guy continued for about, I would say around three weeks. 
and I know he had mentioned it briefly to me, but it wasn't the topic of conversation of what was happening at home, right? He was mainly talking about how crap he was feeling and that he didn't think he was very healthy and that he needed to go to the doctor. And he did go to the doctor. The doctor had said it was probably just reflux that was causing chest pain. And so it kind of developed. And then I remember it was probably a month later that I woke up one night and he was sitting on the side of the bed and it was two o'clock in the morning. And I said to him, what's going on, babe? And he was like, I'm dying, Deanta, like I'm dying. And he was convinced that he had a rare lung disease called silicosis and that the pain in his lungs meant that that was it for him. And he wasn't going to see our two-year-old grow older or be married to me because I'd have to move on and find another husband. Like this was where his brain was going. I said to him, what on earth makes you think that you're dying? Like this is a healthy guy. He's top-notch of health, right? Like there's no way on God's green earth that this man could be dying of some sort of fatal lung disease. So I said to him, why do you think this? What is happening for you? And he's like, oh, my, my lungs are so sore. My chest is so sore. I cannot breathe properly. I cannot breathe. I said to him, babe, I fell asleep next to you, listening to you snore. You were breathing just fine. It can't be a lung disease. It can't be a health condition if it goes away at times like sleeping, right? Health conditions stay all the time. And so it was at this moment that he started to recognize, hang on, wait, this might be anxiety. Now, by this stage, he'd already been to about three doctors who'd all given him a whole bunch of medication for reflux and tummy issues because they'd said that the chest pain must be because of reflux. We also know that reflux is a symptom of anxiety. He had then gone for a chest x-ray because he was convinced that they were missing things and he kept on believing that the symptoms that he was experiencing was actually a health condition. So this is the epitome of health anxiety for those of you who struggle with it. But as we develop this understanding that potentially this is anxiety that's going on and when the chest gets really sore, he's probably edging towards panic attacks, we started to think about how we could manage the anxiety better. Now, as a psychologist, one would imagine that I would know what to do with that. Well, you'd be surprised because I didn't, right? Remember, I was referring all my clients out. So I whipped out all of my textbooks and started thinking, okay, what can we do? Remembered that, you know, a few years earlier, I had struggled with anxiety. I'd gone to a therapist and done some CBT with real success. So I sent him to her and it didn't work. And then we tried medication. He was on fluoxetine. It didn't work. He is obsessive about his health. So he will Google and he will YouTube anything. And so he was trying all of the guided meditations that you could possibly find on YouTube. He was trying um, Qigong, like a type of Tai Chi movement of meditation. He landed up, I remember he had a whole playlist of healing hurts music. So music that he had researched that was designed apparently to calm your brain waves and put you into a relaxed state. So he was listening to that all day long. He was trying to run because he thought, well, if I run and I get my heart pumping and my lungs moving, then that can convince me my lungs are okay. He was a free diver, so he would go for hours in the water to just calm his breathing. We tried everything. But the thing that was happening was that he was really anxious that it wasn't going away. And I was really anxious because this was not the guy I married. So I started getting really anxious about the fact that this may stay this way. And then he got anxious that I'm going to leave him because it's staying this way. And so every day we would wake up and we would look at him and go, how are you feeling? How's your anxiety? How are your lungs? How's your breath rate? Non-stop focusing on this anxiety. So we were generating anxiety. He would go for his run, he'd come back and be like, how are you feeling? And then of course he'd see the anxiety and then what didn't work. In the morning, how are you feeling? How's your breath rate? Check your heart rate all the time. Thankfully, 
thankfully at the time I was also attending a mindfulness-based seminar. I was wanting to do mindfulness-based stress reduction with my clients. So I was attending a seminar to learn about how to implement this. And this lady was prattling on about a whole bunch of things around Buddhist principles. But the thing that caught my ear was how she was talking about the fact that everything is impermanent. Now, I'm willing to bet you can agree that nothing on this planet stays the same. Can you agree? Nothing stays the same. Nothing at all. If you think about buildings, concrete, plants, everything that we create here on this earth, even the mountain ranges and the fault lines on the earth change. So what she was saying was that if we could just rest with the fact that whatever is happening right now isn't going to stay this way, we wouldn't get so attached to how things are. We would just be okay with whatever it is because we'd know it's not going to be like this forever. That whole saying, this too shall pass, we would really live that experience if we truly knew how things would change. And so I became aware of the fact that this was what we were doing with my husband. We were so stuck in this moment of his anxiety that we were attaching anxiety to it. We were attached to it being here. We weren't letting it go. We weren't accepting that this is how it is right now and it will pass. Because the minute you can kind of just let that go, well then the anxiety can start moving. But what we were doing was literally trying to throttle it. But it can't go anywhere when you're holding on to it like this. So this is where I began to realize it's what we're doing with this anxiety that's keeping him so very stuck. If we could just change the way we're responding to it, potentially it can shift. And so this was what then began the journey of my husband getting better, is that we slowly started going, it's just anxiety. You're anxious. You're, it's okay. Be anxious. Be anxious. I will allow you to be anxious. I'm going to accept that you're anxious right now. I'm not going to leave you because I accept that. You're going to accept that you're anxious. We're all just going to accept that this is a really crap time right now. We're just going to be with what is. So we're what, nine years on from there? And we've immigrated, we've had a second child, he started a business two years ago. And yeah, I mean, we all get anxiety because it's natural and normal, but he has never become stuck again with that level of intense anxiety about his health, ever. So what I want you to think about right now as we're thinking about this story, it is the fear of the anxiety, the way that you're responding to that anxiety that's keeping it stuck. Have you got driving anxiety? Or if you're struggling with feeling afraid of flying, getting on an airplane and traveling on an airplane. Or, and this is so common for so many people I work with, that you have this imaginary line in the sand somewhere, some distance from your house, and beyond that line, it's unsafe and you don't wanna go there. So you can go a certain distance, maybe it's five minutes away from home, two hours, five hours, definitely not to a different city, where's your imaginary line? Or just going to busy supermarkets or events or festivals. Most of us with, with anxiety are afraid of one of these things. But I'm willing to bet you're not actually afraid of the car, right? You're not actually afraid of sitting in a vehicle and driving the vehicle. You're afraid of having anxiety when you're driving. And most people who are afraid of flying in an airplane, they're not actually afraid of being in the airplane. They're afraid of having anxiety in the airplane. And the same goes for leaving our house or traveling a little distance away from home. We're not actually afraid of that place right over there, that city or that block away from our home. We're anxious about becoming anxious. 
And similarly, it's not the actual people or the busy area that feels like a threat. It's how we will feel when we're in there. So we're not actually afraid of the thing. We're afraid of becoming anxious when we're at that thing. And let me tell you, this happens across the board. Even with the most successful people that I work with, and trust me, I work with people all over the world. And even for those people who look like on the face of it, they've got it all together and they're doing just fine. Some of them still can't do presentations. Some of them still can't get on an airplane and do a long haul flight to New York to go and have a business meeting. And many of them can't say yes to the promotion because they're afraid of the networking events that they'll have to attend. Now, none of them are afraid of the airplane or the networking event or the promotion or the presentation. They too are afraid of becoming anxious when they do that. So it is how we respond to our anxiety that makes the difference. So if we can get onto the same page that it really is our response to the anxiety that either creates it to become so debilitating or makes it stuck, then we need to start identifying how are we responding to that anxiety. Now, in my work as a psychologist and as an anxiety coach, I have discovered that there are four main response types to anxiety. We're gonna deal with that in part two coming up next week. In the meantime, just have a look at what it is that you're doing with anxiety and how it creates the fear of anxiety to remain there and stay stuck. So that wraps up today's episode and I have a huge favor to ask. If you found any value in what you heard today, please be sure to leave a review. I assure you it is not to stroke my ego, although it does help me to know that you love the show, but to help the algorithms get this episode into the hands of others who might need it. Make sure you follow the Ease Anxiety podcast so that you never miss a future episode. And lastly, I really love to connect. So find me on TikTok or Instagram and be sure to say hi. All the links are found below in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in.